Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Well, that can kind of feed into itself, talking about coaching today mixed with team topology, maybe. We'll see. Sprinkled in there. TBD. I think this is something definitely top of mind been thinking about for this latest turn of the quarter. We had one team that did not have a PM and it's a DevOps team and they needed some help. Like was some yeah. either strategy or project management or what have you. Yeah. I leaned in there and started kind of building out their strategy doc. Like, what does that look like? What do you guys do? Who do you serve? What are the core jobs? What are the metrics we want to focus on? All this stuff. And we kind of stood this thing up during the course of me doing this because I only had a, a little time in the week dedicated for this kind of ICPM assistance. And it was only like an hour a week. And so, you know, that was yeah. my time. And I couldn't yeah. really do any thing else outside of that. And so that was what I set the expectation with. During that period, it felt like a lack of ownership, so to say, or maybe there's a little bit of that, but also a little bit of like not taking action as much. Like I'd like to see them pull along the way versus us push some of the things. That was something that was interesting that I witnessed. Instead, I had a conversation with the VP of engineering's my counterpart, and he had a great idea. It was like, yeah, I'd just like to see them, you know, do this. It would be great to just call this a win and move forward. I was like, oh, let's do that. And so this week it was way different. And so what we decided to do was we got to this point of critical mass, quote unquote, like we spent a lot of good thinking and thought around what to go do. It was like, great, we did it. And so personally was like celebrating. It was like, we made it. You know, it took us a while to figure this shit out and it's hard. And you know, congratulations, we did it. This is my involvement. I got the keys right now, but I'm handing them to you. And now it's your turn, right? It's like, you take this and own it. And so that was like a really interesting shift of tone in that room. And also the attitude changed a little bit where it was like, let's go get it. Come on, let's go. The coaching moment realization for me was you can be pretty nitpicky on some things and kind of get into the weeds and go against the grain for the empowered model. But the fact is that they didn't have that experience to kind of ask the right questions to build the strategy. So you kind of had to show them you stood it up and now it's stood up. That's all you need to do. And so you move forward with more of the empowered coaching where you're kind of coaching for this output. What was the inflection point for you? Was it the Mm -hmm. fact that you gave them almost a template to work off of? Was it the fact that you gave them almost permission to own it? Like knowing that you're coming from a position of authority as the head of product and you're like, oh God, the head of product is here and can can I take this or is this just something that he's going to do? Was it an element of both? Was it encouraging like the the positive reinforcement or is it just like a mix of all the above a mix of all the above i think there's a little bit of that where they signaled that they needed help is the first part right so there were they were kind of receptive to the let's go in and do this and i'll help you and we'll figure these things out we'll ask the right questions right you're standing these things up and then i think the hardest part for me there was recognizing that it was time we yeah. critical mass. We've perfect the sausage as much as we could. Now it's like, yeah. let's go do it. That accountability or that collaboration with the VP of engineering to like kind of bounce, yeah. just observe, right? Because sometimes yeah. I feel like tying it back to product management, you're sometimes in the discovery brain and sometimes in the solution execution brain, right? And they're sure. so different, right? Yes. I mean, there's, there's, yes. the, the, there's the switch. And so yes. almost took that third party to regurgitate what 
he was observing for me to kick myself out of that mindset and say, great, for me as a leader, now yeah. it's time. And then I could do yeah. that for them. So then it's the same reaction. And so it nice. makes my job easier. So I don't have to be in the weeds, you know? Yeah. And then I also have something to hold them accountable for. And yeah. you just coach that plan. Now it's kind of, you know, that heavy part of product leadership is during the cycle turns or those yearly turns where you spend a lot of planning and direction. And then it's like a little hands off and just monitoring and nudging right, uh, right along the way. Did you find pushback or see pushback from engineering feeling like this isn't my job to think about product strategy or overall what and why type? That's a good question. I don't think I did overtly. It was a little bit more of like, we don't know how to do this. and Like we you know, want to do it, but we just yeah. don't know how. Yeah. yeah, it's like they, they can see the value of it. And, yeah. you know, the conversations we've had, they've really got value out of. And so I was like, great, well, let's spend the time doing this. And then it's going to be a little painful, maybe, but we'll figure it out. And then we'll yeah. get to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm curious, how are you dealing with that coaching with this cycle turn? What are your challenges with it? Oh, man, where to begin on coaching? I think <laughs> you could take that in so many different ways. One of the things that I'm thinking about right now, especially with younger PMs, is getting them into a mindset of owning their own growth and direction. And would love any thoughts you have on that, where younger PMs like APMs or early career PMs need a lot of direction, right? They need a lot of that structure, need a lot of that scaffolding in terms of like, hey, here's what I need you to do. Here's the template. Here's the deliverable I need from you. I need I, This is the thing I'm spelling out for you. My philosophy on this is as folks get a little bit more experienced or mature in their career, senior PMs and beyond, my thought is those folks should be coming to the table to me and saying, hey, Jake, here's what we should do and here's why. Mm -hmm. Given the direction that you've laid out and given the overall vision that we're all working off of, here's how I think we should go about it. What do you think? Right. And that puts me as the manager in the position of being the guide, being the just slight redirect, being a lot less present, but in a productive way, not to take that the wrong way, to give them a lot of that autonomy, that freedom, and really to push them to figure out how to navigate ambiguity more successfully. And so I guess one of the things I'm thinking about right now is how do I help product managers cross that chasm of needing that explicit direction and needing that structure and getting more comfortable operating in a world where in some cases they are defining that structure themselves. And they are figuring out this is the right structure to apply to this situation to get to where we want to go. I went to this great leadership class last last week in New York. Harrison Metal, amazing, super informative on general management, got a lot of good nuggets of information. And he looks at the historical figures that have contributed to general management and the practices yeah. that they've contributed to that and how we could use that in the day-to-day. -day. And he yeah. has this really good one that I love that I started to think of that challenge that you're working through, McCallum. So McCallum, he was kind of one of the GMs of the big railroad at the time, I don't know, like 1800s, like late 18 or mid 1800s. Transcontinental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he actually was one of the inventors of the organizational tree structure that we're all familiar with. Oh, like, this, you know, like yeah, he was cool. the person that put one of those together. So yeah. but he had this kind of like long, very long, like letter that he wrote about what he wants to do. So his referendum or his mandate or, or like his manifesto, right? The state yeah. McCallum's manifesto. And the five kind of key takeaways that were taught in this class was get a group of people to work together towards common goals 
give people the right amount of responsibility, make sure the job gets done, know how things are going along the way and improve them, and then yeah. do all of this with respect for others. If you can do those five things, you're in the top tier of management. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, it's that simple. I think in reality, I don't think a lot of managers are doing this. And I think this is something like this is a tool in your toolkit that if you just focus on those things, you're in the upper echelon of managers, especially in product because of the ambiguity of the function, right? So if I were to focus in on those and how I have applied that to coach in your scenario is getting a group of people to work together towards common goals, right? And so you give them a clear mission, clear remit, and you could do that by focusing them on users. This goes into the topology conversations we always have here. Like, how do you get them to focus towards a common goal and make sure that goal is valuable for the business, right? That's always a, a big thing. You give people the right amount of responsibility. So what do they have ownership over? You're responsible for what? Like, that has to be clear, yeah. especially when you're coaching for output. So if they are responsible for giving you, Jake, a strategy and coming up with it, then that's what they're responsible for and make sure that that's clear yeah. and overt. If it's not and you've been filling that hole and you want it to be, then you need to make that switch for them, right? To say like, now I'm gonna take my foot off the gas and I wanna see what you have to put into the strategy. So that's the responsibility angle here is like, how do you kind of weave that into the mix here? And you kind of have to like go off on the ledge, you have to let them fail, which totally. I've done that too. Making sure that the job gets done, which is going towards how are you measuring the output of that team? Yeah. And that's super critical. Are you measuring the output off of items that they ship or items that they ship towards a goal or the movement of the goal? Because they need to be responsible for something. And if you're not measuring those things and you can't hold them accountable for the things that you're expecting them to deliver, on, then it's, it's yeah, it's very hard. And so that's the yeah. coaching around that, right? Totally. Those are great. And I love to do this with respect for others. You know, you can't just be ruthless and gotta be a human dictator. yeah you gotta be a human so say some of the first professional advice i ever got was in my first job out of college as a middle school teacher and our department head sat us down we all went for a beer before the school year started and he said if there's one thing there's one thing i tell you about being successful in this role next year is just don't be shitty that's it that's all you got to know <laughs> like all right cool Cool, cool. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. Yeah. I love that experience from the teaching standpoint. I'm curious to see because you had your students that you were teaching, right? That versus the Total. people that you're coaching and you're responsible for their careers. In that case, you're responsible 100%. for the students. So I guess I would put that question back on you. How would you handle the scenario that you mentioned before around getting the kind of come like level up? Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to what you're talking about. I think it is being very, very clear about what the end goal is, what the end state is, and being very clear about what they're responsible for. But I think the other thing that I've been experimenting with is being very clear in this role, senior product manager, like how am I showing up as your manager and how am I expecting you to show up? Because up until this point, they may have had the experience of the manager being pretty direct and being pretty prescriptive in the types of work they wanted to see. And that type of hands-on support is slowly being pulled away, the more experienced mm. and the further they progress in their career. And so helping them right. understand that that is very intentional, depending on the person. For some people that may work, for some people it, it may not. But that is something that I've been thinking about too, is like, I am not just ignoring you. I want you to have agency. I do not want you to be giving me the agency by asking me what I think we should do in this situation. No, I wanna know what you think we should do in this situation. Okay. 
And that is very intentional. Jury's out on whether that tactic is working, but something I'm experimenting with. I think that's right. And then I would also push for personal OKRs are always a good way to coach and to make sure that those growth areas are clear. Let's, let's definitely make some improvements on this. And this is what it means. And that way it's something that they sign up for, that they can measure. It's something that you can manage towards. Pushing it back on them, right? A little bit to say like, well, what do you think? Or instead of us being the decision factor here. Right. Right. Like, I mean, anybody's instinct is going to be the solution, right? Like that's just human nature. And so as a manager, like when someone comes to me with a problem, my gut instinct is to help them solve. And it's hard. It's really hard to remove myself from that. To your point of letting them fail, letting them squirm a little bit is actually something that I think is in a lot of cases in their best interest. Like you need to squirm. It's got to be frustrating. And that's like, to me, that's a huge motivator for growth and learning is being able to feel like you have the equivalent of writer's block in your decision-making process and still overcome that and learn how you've navigated those situations where you really don't have the answer. Like, okay, well, the path you've traveled before to get to answers is not working in this scenario. So what can you try that's a little bit different? Can you go access information in a different way? Can you start jotting down ideas that may not be fully baked in a way that allow you to help see the picture a little bit more clearly? Like as opposed to going straight for the answer, how can you give yourself some options to find your way to that answer in a more roundabout way? To put it into more real life terms, let's put it into the context of playing Wordle, right? Like you've got, let's say you're two words in, you've got a couple letters, but you're not quite sure exactly what the word is. And you could rack your brain really, really hard to get to the answer on that third guess. Or you, you could spend an hour trying to rack your brain going through all the different options to get you home. Or you could play another word with some letters that may have already been eliminated, but allows you to get more information to get to that answer on the fourth step a lot more successfully than you may have otherwise. So it's like, how do you think about different paths to get, it, to get to your solution as opposed to trying to brute force your way to it the only way you've ever done it? And I think the only way, or not the only way, but a big way that I've been thinking about recently is holding firm on how you're showing up as a manager, making them squirm, not giving them an escape hatch through you as the manager as a solution option and making them really think about it and think about different ways to getting to that solution that may not be their option A. Yeah, well, that you could do that in a couple ways. And I love the way that you're thinking about it. Restating the question or the scenario to the person. I like that approach where you're empathizing. I understand the problem. What I'm hearing is this. Totally. And then it's like, what would you do, right? <laughs> it's yeah. just putting it back on them. Like, but, I hear uh, you. I hear you have yeah. a unique situation. I yeah. understand this is hard. Yeah, this is hard. This is really hard. Yeah, exactly. Product's hard. But... It doesn't mean that the problem's going to solve itself. And I'm certainly not going to solve it for you because that's not what we need to do here. So how else can you think about this? And sometimes what I've done is reinforce the guardrails a little bit. Okay, well, here, here are the immovable objects that we have to navigate. And I'm just going to restate those to you. It's almost like restating the problem in a slightly different way, right? To your point. And see if that helps trigger a couple of other ideas just to get them moving, right? It's like, how can you get them moving again? Get them unstuck as a manager without doing so in a way that that gives them the solution love it yeah. this was a quick hit today quick hit we gotta close this one out looks like we finished up our coffee so go level up this has been product coffee produced and engineered by me kevin gentry 
Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.